Hey guys, welcome back to the Greenwood First Student Podcast. This week we're going to continue our walk through the Gospel of John. We will be in chapter 19. We're going to be covering the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and get that ready. Let's get into God's Word and see what we can learn this week. This week is, I'm going to be honest, one of the more difficult weeks for me uh, to be able to teach, to be able to preach through the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I know it's something that we know about. I know it's something that we, we praise and we think about and we talk about. But every time I get into the text and start reading about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, it always just reminds me of the truth of His love and His grace and His mercy and a lot of times it can be overwhelming for me. And so today my hope is to be able to get through this uh, with you guys uh, when we walk away from it, just having a renewed remembrance, renewed understanding of how much God loved us and that He sent His Son for us. We're not going to be able to, to cover all of this because I don't want to rush through, obviously, the crucifixion. Uh, and I also want to keep this podcast to a, a decent time to where you're not having to listen for an hour to what's going on. So we're going to kind of jump forward in the text, which is a little different for us instead of reading every passage. I would encourage you to do this. Read all of chapter 19. Read the whole chapter by yourself sometime this week prior to Easter so that you have a full understanding of everything that's going on. We're going to be focusing most of our time in verses 17 through 30. Uh, so we'll read those together, but on your own, I would encourage you to read the rest just to make sure that you get the full story of what's going on here. So let's go ahead and, and start our reading of the text, and then we'll go through and talk further about the beauty and the sacrifice that was done at the cross of Calvary. Verse 16 of chapter 19 says this, it says, Then he handed him over to be crucified. Then they took Jesus away, carrying the cross by himself. He went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had a sign made to put on the cross, and it said, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Don't write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, I have written what I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, a part for each soldier. They also took the tunic, which was seamless, woven into one piece from the top. And so they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see who gets it. This happened, that the scripture might be fulfilled, that says, They divided my clothes amongst themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her 
into his home. After this, when Jesus knew that everything was now finished, that scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was sitting there, so they fixed a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Then bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Now obviously we could talk for days about the things that have just happened on the cross, about the other things with the, with the thieves on either side of him, the significance of all these things. But because I don't want us to lose too much focus in this setting, I want us just to focus on a couple of things here. First, I want us not to focus too much on the physical crucifixion of Christ. Because to be honest, while it was hard for the people to see, while it's hard for us to think about the physical things that were done to Jesus on the cross, they didn't come close to the agony and to the weight of the things that He did for us spiritually on the cross. And so I want us to keep our focus there. I do think it's interesting before we get to what I want us to really focus on. If you look down in in verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother, the human side of Jesus, seeing his mother, his love for his mother, before he leaves this earth, he makes sure that his mother is taken care of. And he looks to the disciple whom he loved, which most people believe that this is John, the author of this book, and that he didn't want to name himself. And he gives John the task of caring for his mother. What a great task to be given by your Lord and Savior. Care for my mother. And so he gives that task to John there at the cross. Where I want us to focus today is verse 30. It said, When Jesus received the sour wine, this fulfillment of prophecy and scripture, he uttered these words, It is finished. And those words, those words hold so much weight and their understanding for us of what actually happened. When Jesus said, it is finished, he was proclaiming that his work on earth was finished. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about his conversation with uh, Pilate. And when he said to Pilate, "My, my purpose in life is this, to share the truth. And those who would know me know the truth. And we talked about what that truth is. And the truth is the gospel message. The truth is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus came to redeem mankind from that sinfulness and reconnect him to the Father. We have other accounts of the gospels that tell us more things that Jesus said while he was on the cross. One of those being, Eli, Eli, lima shabbatani, which in English means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, in this moment on the cross, Jesus was doing something. This work that he was born for, this work that he was completing, this work that he says now is finished, was happening on the cross, was the work of Jesus taking on the sins of the world. Second Corinthians tells us that God made Jesus, the one who knew no sin, to become sin so that we might have a relationship with God. And that's what was happening in that moment on the cross. When Jesus was crying out, My God, why have you forsaken me? God wasn't turning away because he couldn't handle the physical punishment, seeing his son bleeding on a cross. It wasn't that at all. God turned away because he could not be in the presence of sin. 
And Jesus was willingly taking on all of sin, past, present, and future, of those who would believe in Him. He was bearing the weight of all their sins. And God could not be in that presence. That was the agony Jesus was experiencing on the cross, was this disconnect from the Father, because He was bearing this sin for us. I mean, really really think about that for a moment. That Jesus, who was perfect, the Son of God, God in flesh, came to earth and His sole purpose was to bear the weight of sin for you and I. The sins that we would commit, that we will commit. He bore that weight on the cross. God is a just God and so sin had to be punished. But God is a loving God and so He sent His Son to be the punishment, to take the punishment for us on the cross of that sin. And that's why verse 30 is so beautiful. When Jesus says, it is finished. His work is complete. He bore that sin. He took it for us. And by believing in Him, we can take part in that work. We get to rest in that work. We get to receive the fruit of that work, which is salvation, reconciliation from sinful man to our Heavenly Father. That's the beauty of the cross. That's the beauty of the gospel. That it's nothing that we did. We didn't do anything to have our sins removed. We believed in the one who removed our sins. That's what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ. To believe that His work on the cross was sufficient. To believe that His work on the cross was good enough for us to now have salvation. To believe in His purity. To believe in His power. To believe in Him as fully God and fully man. To believe in Him, as He told Pilate, that He is the truth. So I know we're not together right now, and we're, we're just listening through podcasts, but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit can't be working. So I don't want to pass the opportunity to ask you, do you believe that? Do you believe that the work on the cross was sufficient for your sins to be removed? Because here's the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is to tell you that the work on the cross was was there, but it wasn't good enough. That your sins are too far gone. Your ten- sins are, are too dirty for God to forgive you of those things. And you need to clean yourself up before God can forgive you. But that is a lie. The truth is that the work is finished. And now we are to believe in that work. And if we believe in that work, then we can have salvation. So do you believe in that? Do you truly believe that the work on the cross was sufficient? And have you proclaimed that? Have you told God you believe that that work is sufficient and given your life to Him? You don't have to be in a church gathering to recognize the work on the cross and recognize that salvation is there for you. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, I pray that that you are opening your heart and your eyes and your mind to the truth of what has happened on this cross. And I pray that if you don't have a relationship with Christ, that right now you would submit yourself to the Lord, recognizing the work on the cross, giving your life over to Him. That's that's why He died. That's why He came, so that we might have a reconciled relationship with the Creator of the universe. Like I said, this this topic of the cross is something that we, we can look at from so many different angles. But today... 
This is the only way I want us to look at it. The work on the cross. There's a big fancy word in, in church culture and, and this doctrine, this work on the cross, we teach it as something called the substitutionary atonement. And what that means is that, that there had to be atonement for sin and the atonement for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And so because of our, all, our sin, we all deserve death. But Jesus substituted Himself in that death for us. The atonement was substituted by the perfect Lamb. I can't stress enough how beautiful it is for us to understand that God loved us so much that He sent His Son to substitute Himself as the atonement on the cross for us. So today as you, as you listen to this or whenever it is that you listen to this, I pray that you won't lose sight of that. You won't lose awe and wonder at the majestic love of God for us. And that if you listen to this before Easter comes, that on Friday when we remember the, the death of Christ on the cross, that that day is full of remembrance and worship for you, for God's love for you. And then when you wake up on Sunday morning, that it's different than any other Easter Sunday that you've woken. And that you would wake up with a rejoicing, joy-filled heart, knowing that not only did Christ die for your sins, but on that Sunday He rose from the grave, proving that He had power over death. Next week in our podcast, we'll talk just about that. We'll talk about the empty tomb. We'll talk about the significance of Jesus defeating death. We'll talk about the, the interaction between the people who recognize the empty tomb, see the empty tomb, the doubt that comes, the joy that comes, the mixed emotions that come. But for today, my prayer is that this, this episode will prepare you to worship better our Lord and Savior for what He has done for us on the cross. And remember, remember when the enemy lies to you and tells you that you are not good enough or that God is disgusted at you because you're not living the way that you should, remember the words of John 19, verse 30, when Jesus said, It is finished. Rejoice in the finished work of Christ. That's what brings Him glory. Belief in His ability and His work on the cross. I miss you guys. I love you guys. I hope that we can gather soon. But until then, as we are scattered, let us worship fully as we are scattered. May God's grace be with you. I'll talk to you next week.